You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name, and we're still here. Is no credentials required covering sports around the mighty 518. Part of the Belly Up Sports Podcast Network in association with Godzilla Media. Here is your host, Ryan McCarthy. Hello, everyone, and welcome to No Credentials Required, episode 62. We are brought to you by Belly Up Sports in association with Godzilla Media. As always, just want to remind you to visit our social channels. On Twitter and Instagram, it's at BellyUpNCR, Facebook.com forward slash BellyUpSportsNCR. And on YouTube, just do a search for No Credentials Required, hit the subscribe button, hit the notification bell, that way you know when new videos are released. On the podcast side, give us a, a subscribe, whether you, wherever you find podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Spreaker, Amazon Music, iHeartRadio, TuneIn, basically wherever you find podcasts. If you would kindly leave a rating five stars is preferred and if you'd like to leave a review do that on any platform that supports a review system we're gonna get into this episode of no credentials required episode 62 which features my buddies parker ainsworth from the fn sports podcast and our buddy guys from godzilla media you know him from levac and guys you know him from getting there with guys and guys on the go a lot of gazing going on. <laughs> we talk about a myriad of things in this episode, including the week in the NFL that was with the Commerce Championships, Tom Brady, the Kevin, uh, the Brian Flores situation, talking about the NBA, talking about the NHL, and we do a little bit of Olympics. So let's get into the episode. And I just want to apologize ahead of time. I'm I tried my best to give my presentation, my argument in the blind in the Brian Flores situation. I wouldn't say much argument, but my point. And I'm not very nuanced when it comes to touchy subjects, especially race and the NFL. So 
I just asked him for a little bit of grace in this conversation we had. So if you want to at me, at me, go right ahead. That's fine. It's fine. But just want to apologize ahead of time for, for my side of the argument. Again, not very good at touchy subjects. So here we go. Episode 62 with Parker Ainsworth and Tom Gazkoslowski. Thank you for being a friend. You got a friend in me. But you say he's just a friend. And you say he's just a friend. Oh. This is the Friends with Ryan segment, only on No Credentials Required. And welcome to Friends with Ryan, where friends, both old and new, come to talk sports with me, Ryan. And everybody's, everybody's watching on Tiki Live. I want to welcome you to Tiki Live on Saturday mornings at 10 a.m. Eastern. And today we're just going to have a little bit of another roundtable discussion, talk about the NFL, talk about NBA, talk a little NHL, maybe talk a little Olympics too, kind of, kind of throw a wrench in there. So I'm going to bring in my guests to my right is parker ainsworth from the fn sports podcast parker how are you doing today bud i'm doing all right ryan uh, thanks for having me on uh, yeah i've been on your pod before so i figure we'll turn the favor no, I, I know i haven't had my face on tiki live yet so this is this is gonna be new <laughs> say welcome welcome to parker so and to underneath is if you if you listen to the podcast before, you know who he is. He's from, uh, from the Albany, New York area. We've got Tom Gazkoslowski. Guys, how we doing? Ryan, thank you for having me. I apologize for my look right now, but it is more than fitting for upstate New York right now in the Northeast. Snow, ice. I was walking on the snow. Do you know how tough the ice has to be for a big guy like me to not cave in walking on snow? It's unbelievable. So I, I, I get my- it. Right. I left the hat on. I left the long sleeve on. I'm doing this from my phone because uh, I just wanted to because I'm covered in snow still. But that's the commitment I have for you guys today. Ah, thank you so much, guys. All right. I have to so say oh, we've had a solid like inch and a half of snow here in Texas lately. So I, I feel your pain. <laughs> no, you don't. No, you don't. <laughs> oh, yeah. I got to mention Parker's in Houston. He's he's in the Houston area. So they whenever they have the inch of when there's an inch of snow, they shut everything down. <laughs> the, whole, the whole city. It's been 48 hours. It's an inch and a half. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I just hope you didn't run out of uh, milk, eggs, and bread before you guys had the snowstorm. Did they? Did they stock? Did they remember they stocked the shelves before the snowstorm? Yeah, <laughs> they did. Okay, just no salt, sure. no salt for the streets, but they stocked the shelves. <laughs> <laughs> no shelves left empty. All right, gentlemen, we're gonna start off with the NFL. Had a lot of news this week. Let's start with the championship games on Sunday. And uh, Parker, I want to start with you. Are you surprised? about the outcomes of the games did you about the outcomes of the AFC championship and NFC NFC championship I'm not as surprised on on the Rams side of things I will say if folks have been listening or are familiar with at all the FN sports we do a do with my bookie once a week where we talk about the outcomes of the games right over the weekend and I think I got all of two playoff games right <laughs> so yeah. uh, that that I that I didn't call the Bengals I guess uh, I guess it, it tracks so I shouldn't have been surprised that I got that game wrong um but that surprised me a lot more than the Rams. America got the game wrong. Yeah, no, the Bengals surprised me a lot more than the Rams. I got to be honest, I, I thought that the lack of offensive line protection was going to get to Joe Burrow. 
in a way that it didn't. I also thought that Patrick Mahomes going to have a lot more of those, you know, 14 point quarters than he ended up having. Obviously, um, I got that one wrong. I, I, the Rams I could have predicted, uh, especially given the matchup, mm-hmm. but I got the Bengals wrong for sure. Yeah, I mean, for for me, I thought Rams Niners was kind of a toss up. Like I, I wouldn't be would have been surprised if either of team either team had won. I was rooting for I was kind of rooting for the Niners just because I kind of wanted I wanted the the COVID loop to complete because you know how it all started with the Chiefs and the and the Niners. I wanted that loop to close. Well, we ha- if we had Chiefs and Niners, we had the beginning of the loop for COVID, and then this is the end of the loop for COVID <laughs> coming in for Chiefs and Niners. But unfortunately. That didn't happen. I'm really disappointed, but that's okay. That's okay. We got a Cinderella story in Cincinnati, and we got the Rams doing the Rams thing. F the salary cap and F those draft picks, according to Les Snead. <laughs> Guys, what's your take on the AFC and NFC championship games? Just back to that Chiefs 49ers thing for fans of the show community. Is that the darkest timeline that we just went yes. through that? We actually just reset right after two years? <laughs> yes, we do. Okay, All right. Six seasons and a movie. Hashtag. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Uh, Troy and Abed in the morning. So there you go. Uh, for the for the Rams situation, like Parker touched on there, the Rams team we we could have seen coming. Some may have seen it because they were such a preseason favorite, and how aggressive they were in the offseason, bringing in players like Von Miller and even in the season Odell Beckham Jr. But they weren't a top three seed in the NFC. And on the Bengals side, the Bengals won the division, a competitive AFC North, and you really truly could have made an argument that of the fourteen teams that qualified for the NFL playoffs this season. You could have said the Bengals had the least possibility of getting to the Super Bowl. Now, look, Pittsburgh and Philadelphia are both ranked seed-wise lower than Cincinnati, but both of those teams have gone to Super Bowls within the past decade, right? The, the tradition of Philadelphia and the tradition of Pittsburgh are far better than Cincinnati, a franchise who hadn't won a playoff game in 30 years. So I'm definitely surprised with the results, and in particular the conference title games, the historic comeback since they needed and the battle that L.A. needed to beat a San Francisco team they hadn't beaten in six straight games and six straight matchups. Yeah, I know the narrative coming in was, was could McVay finally beat Shanahan? And they did that game, so a lot of it had to do with their defense just clamping down in the third and fourth quarters against mm-hmm. the Niners, and their offense coming through, scoring, what, 16, what, 13 points, 16 points in the last two quarters if i remember correctly uh, but it, it's not just that game though i mean I, I, so you mentioned the Bengals deal they played the raiders in the first round i probably would have been like you know the raiders do funky things i i, I know that that i guess you know i guess the raiders doing funky things and leading them losing but i would have thought that's a game the raiders could win the titans had derrick henry back i think we all like oh man he was kind of the mvp until he got hurt right like what's gonna happen yeah. there and then they play the Chiefs. Like they also not only were they like you mentioned, guys, like so far out of our radar to get here. They had an incredibly difficult road to get here. <laughs> like it, it wasn't just like they were a poor seeded team. It was that they also had to play like these behemoths in front of them. Agreed. No, I definitely agree. So, what do you guys see as the primary the primary narratives coming into the Super Bowl? Guys, I'm going to start with you. I mean, would you say the home the second consecutive home game for a uh, an NFL team this year being in the Super Bowl? Uh, would you say Joe Burrow working magic being show, Joe Shiesty? Uh, would you say I don't know Odell Beckham Jr.'s redemption story? What what are some of the prevailing narratives that you're seeing coming into Super Bowl week, which is starting next week? 
Two. I like two. I'll, I'll start with this one first. That I don't know how you guys feel about draft picks in the NFL, but I've been saying for years that the overhype of draft picks in the NFL is just irrational. And I love that the LA Rams don't care about draft picks. They said, who cares? <laughs> we'll trade them all away. We'll go to the Super Bowl. We'll do it with golf. We'll do it with Stafford. We don't need draft picks. It's a crapshoot every year. Everybody else thinks they're great. We'll just deal them away and get the best players. So my hope is that by Los Angeles continuing to have success, we reevaluate how draft picks are viewed by NFL GMs. I would love that because that would be back to more of common sense. And then the second thing is, how do we view the AFC for the future? Because everybody, even before this championship week, has talked about the future being Patrick Mahomes, Josh Allen in Buffalo, you know, you can even toss Lamar Jackson in there. He won an MVP. The future of the AFC, but nobody mentioned Joe Burrow. And now what Joe Burrow is doing as a number one overall pick and Heisman Trophy winning quarterback getting the team to the postseason, you can't think Bengal fans as, oh, it's a one-and-done hit here. They think there's a future, and rightfully so, with the young talent on that team. So the two storylines I look at is how in the future will we reevaluate the importance of draft picks and how much longer will we have these battles, a decade-plus of Bills, Chiefs, Bengals, Ravens, and who else could be in the mix for the next 10 years? Jets. Jets. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Zach Wilson's, I'm sure, what everyone else is thinking of. <laughs> Please, right. God, let it be the Jets. All right, God, Parker, guys, uh, him, same question over to you. What, what are some narratives you're looking at coming into Super, Super Bowl week? I like the draft narrative. I like the, the use of draft picks narrative. Uh, I think the other part of this, too, is the, the Bengals – you know, if they upset and win, it's a whole different look at changing the draft, right? I played offensive line in college. I might be partial to favoring Penny Sewell, right? Um, but they certainly bucked the trend and did not take the tackle. They took the star wide out. And clearly, no one on earth can cover Jamar Chase. And that worked out pretty well for them, right? That really shifted the way we look at, I think, that. And while it might devalue guys like myself on the offensive line, that's different and clearly worked. They said, we've got this quarterback who can clearly do well when he's got talent around him let's get him talent around him at all the skill spots so that's a whole different look at the draft that also changes the norm there uh it also like you mentioned the young quarterbacks in the afc joe burrow's putting his name there um i throw herbert in that list too i mean that's another guy um you got herbert mahomes is not old allen's obviously not very old lamar jackson uh there's a whole bunch of talent out there technically AFC you also have Mac Jones and Tua and I don't know what you think about them but odds are that one of them ends up being okay and win the AFC East for a little while uh sorry Jets I, maybe Zach Wilson does too I don't know um but I I just look at this as like the they really could buck the system and trend and I see both team both outcomes uh obviously because if the Rams win, they've just decided to not worry about the draft. Uh, both outcomes will change how we draft teams. And I think that, you know, whether it's as a as grew up in Texas before the Texans, so I'm a Cowboys guy, Jerry Jones decided that, you know, he's going to draft the stars early on. And they've kind of swayed away from that the last few years, um, you know, taking the lineman, taking the linebacker and Micah Parsons, whatever. Uh, maybe that is the way of the past. Now, maybe we're, you know, swinging the pendulum the other way. Uh, I, I also think it's worth pointing out that, with both of these teams, uh, they certainly entered the playoffs with a chip on their shoulder. Where that Cincinnati and thirty plus years of no playoffs, or the Rams feeling that they got kind of close to a cigar two years ago. They got Stafford, the his big chip on his shoulder from his time in Detroit. I mean, something about you know bulletin board material or whatever you want to make it out of 
it's more than just X's and O's at some point. Yeah, look, look, the Jets haven't won an AFC East title in 20 years, so they're bound to win one at least hopefully one or more within the next five years or so. It's got to happen. Give me some hope. <laughs> <laughs> I I will say a year ago, I'd have told you, I mean, not that I have any evidence otherwise, I'd have told you Robert Sala was a good hire. I, like, I think that that's a good, he, like, he's a good coach. Um, we'll yeah, see how I, that looks in I, the long term. Yeah, compared to the last regime, yeah, he's definitely, uh, <laughs> definitely much better. And by the way, I don't know if you heard, but Adam Gase is currently up, it might be considered for the offensive coordinator job in New England. They're going to rehab tour. <laughs> you know what? As weird as the Gase thing is, I wonder if he's actually an okay coordinator. You know, like we, I think all three of us he's can agree. Not he's a not a bad quarterbacks coach. Right. You know what I mean? Like as weird as the head coaching stuff was, I think the thing with Gase that makes it hilarious is if we looked at record, Flores and Gase, Gase record-wise was better and got the Dolphins to the best. I get it's a whole like franchising and we'll get to this in a second, but – I wouldn't want to hang out with Adam Gase. You know, like I wouldn't want to get dinner on a Friday or Saturday. I don't want to get a beer with Adam Gase. I don't even know if I want to be in the same room as Adam Gase. But I think he can call plays. I think he yeah. might be an okay coordinator. To yeah, to be fair, he's a, he's. A, I I thought he was a good uh, coach, uh, quarterbacks coach with with the Bron- who's with the Broncos, and he had that one season with Tannehill, and then it went south from there. So, um, but yeah, I mean. I, I I I bust on it a lot because I'm a I'm a bitter Jets fan and he wrecked he wrecked Sam Darnold. But to be fair, also in that regard, Sam Darnold might have already been wrecked before he before Adam Gase came along. All right, so the next NFL story we're going to talk about is the retirement of Tom Brady. It came out on Saturday that he was going to retire. Uh, at first, I kind of thought it was a I don't know if you guys remember this, but back in 2007, during does it, the game four of the World Series, Boston was sweeping Colorado, and A Rod suddenly came across the wire that A Rod was declaring free agency, and you think that was just a dick move. I, I thought it was, I thought it was the same for and part my part my English. I thought it was kind of the same that Brady was doing, but then Brady comes along and says, "I'm not retiring. I'm still weighing out my options." And then Tuesday morning, or the Monday or Tuesday morning, comes on Instagram and says, "Yep, I'm done." I'm done. So, Parker. It's wintertime. When temperatures go down, the likelihood goes up that your furnace and other appliances go down with them. So don't risk a costly replacement. Stay comfortable with coverage on the appliances you depend on most with the Service Guard Appliance Repair Program from Black Hills Energy. It's peace of mind in a plan. Visit BlackHillsEnergy.com slash sign up to learn more. With the new Chevy Silverado, you might be driving in this. But with the Silverado's redesigned interior and large infotainment screens, it'll feel more like this. Introducing the new 2022 Chevy Silverado. Find new upgrades. Find new roads. Chevrolet. What's your feeling about Bray retiring. What are some of your favorite memories of his? As I said, I don't mean to harp on the fact I'm a Jets fan. I've I've had way too painful memories of him. But what are (laughs) some of the things that you're going to remember about Tom Brady's career as a player, uh, given given something happening against your team or something that else that happened that you kind of remember? Yeah. Well, first I would touch on like if you're gonna go total conspiracy theory with this um, and the (laughs) linking of the linking of the news on Saturday. You wonder, like, did the NFL know about that? We'll talk about Brian Flores in a minute, but about that big news being dropped on on 
February 1st. And like, I'm like, hey, Tom, we're going to need a big distraction from the world. We need you to wait a couple days. And like, what happened there? Um, not, but uh, on a more serious note, like, I'm 30 years old. I don't know an NFL without Tom Brady. Like, I, I, like, I don't know how to, like, you can pick out certain moments or, you know, tuck rule or whatever. I, I just don't know a league without him. And I think that's the biggest thing is that, I'm not a Patriots fan. I'm not a Bucks fan. I'm not a whatever, but I cannot imagine a league where you don't have to go through Tom Brady at some point. Right. Like, like that's right. still, that's foreign to me. And that's an entire generation of football fans. And I think that's the big thing here is that whether he's the villain, like he was for me or the hero, I mean, we got a Buck shirt down in the bottom. So maybe, maybe he's the hero. Right. <laughs> but whatever the case may be, he was your hero or villain for entire generations, plural, of fans. And I think that that's, that's the legacy. It's not just, you could cut up any third of his career and make a Hall of Fame career. I'd say the best individual seasons, somewhat ironically, the year that they didn't win at all when he had Randy Moss, right? But I, yeah. I sit here and like think about like, man, what is the NFL without Tom Brady next year? I, I don't know what it looks like. Yeah, as a, as a I know I'm, I'm, for certain generations, like millennials and Gen Zs, they, they they all they know is Tom Brady and like you like you brought up Parker as me as a Xenial who's in his mid forties, I couldn't imagine a football world without Joe Montana or Jim Kelly, or Phil Simms. Name ex quarterback in the eighties and early nineties that you you thought they were going to play forever. Uh, guys, you being a Buccaneers fan as a as a you can't tell uh, Buccaneers fan, obviously you have a big memory of Tom Brady helping you helping your team win a Super Bowl. But other than the Buccaneers and the two years he's the two seasons he's that Tom Brady spent with the Buccaneers, what are some other things or memories that are kind of things that stand out to you when it comes to Tom Brady? Well, I'm glad you set it up like that, because if you just asked me about the Buccaneers, I could have gone another hour of how great it was. I would have broke down every game for you and everything <laughs> you needed, the celebrations and whatnot. I want to go back to Parker's answer, because Parker's answer kind of goes to my answer. I thought he was going to go Parker full dark night on us and say, you either die the hero or live long enough to be the villain, because that's <laughs> Tom Brady, right? Like. Tom yeah. Brady's the ultimate underdog story. And in 2022, you never hear that statement anymore. Sixth round pick. We know the story, right? Sixth round pick, Bledsoe injury, Super Bowl, undefeated for a stretch in his playoff career. Tom Brady was not supposed to be what he is. But people rooted for Tom Brady because he was basically this kid off the street, although he went to Michigan. Hell, he wasn't even at times a starter in Michigan. It was Drew Henson. So truly, we saw this guy be the ultimate underdog story and then became the villain because he consistently won. I found myself rooting for Peyton Manning to get over the hump and get to the Super Bowl to beat Tom Brady. The situations in Super Bowls with the Eagles and the Falcons, I found myself rooting for those franchises to win their first franchise Super Bowl. And that's what it became. There are a few athletes you can do this with where they were not the chosen one, they were not the ultimate can't-miss athlete. Tom Brady wasn't that. To watch that evolution of underdog to true villain to goat somewhere in between that is a rare time to ever happen in sports, and I think we should all be fortunate to watch that evolution of that athlete to what he was able to do. For for all of us that think he's the villain, I'd like to throw it back to Ryan and say, Ryan, I blame the Jets, and here's why. (laughs) Yeah, me too. (laughs) (laughs) Had they just let Drew Bledsoe run out of bounds and not injured him, 
Yeah, Mo this Kelly. never happens. How many sixth Kelly. round picks are there that are just lifelong career backups? And you know, then they're in their forties and they're at the end of the bar, like, ah, you know, back in the day, I would have been the greatest, but they didn't give me a chance. Like <laughs> they were, like, they were Uncle Ricoing themselves. Yeah, <laughs> completely. <laughs> Tom Brady's Uncle Rito, Rico. He doesn't have to play the Jets. That's my theory. <laughs> I blame the Jets. Rico I, had a I better arm, too. though. We all know Rico had a better arm. <laughs> he did. He could throw. He could throw it over a mountain. <laughs> But I, I, I so last the last time I kind of closed the loop with the Chiefs. I wanted to close the loop with the Chiefs and the Niners in the Super Bowl. I kind of want Tom Brady's career to close the loop when it comes to baseball because I don't know if you know this, and I'm pretty sure. Well, I know he probably mentioned it in his social media, and I gotta say the last two years of Tom Brady have actually been kind of fun. Like you kind of saw his personality. You actually saw he actually had a personality instead of just work, 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 work. Like boring, boring, boring with Belichick. He was in commercials. He was on social media, and he was he was hysterical. But coming back to closing the loop, and I don't know if you guys knew this, he was the 18th round selection of the Montreal Expos in 1995. The way to close the loop on Tom Brady's career, stay with me now, is that the Tampa Bay Rays can't get a stadium deal. They moved to Montreal. In 2024 and in 2025, guess who comes out of retirement to play in spring <laughs> training for the Montreal Expos? That's right, Tom Brady, a catcher. It'd be funnier. I mean, they're Tampa Bay, they're across town. That'd be pretty fun to be. <laughs> Let's see it. Let's see him suit up. I, I want it to happen. I so want it, so badly want it to happen. And because because the funny other funny thing is that. The only thing that Tom Brady and I have in common is that we were born the same month and the same year, and that's it. That's the only thing we both have in common. <laughs> and you're both very good looking, Ryan. How dare you? Oh, that's There's true. Third that's one, true. please. Oh, that's true. We we are. That's true. We are. I, I got the beard though. I got I got him. I got him. I got him. I'm the beard game though. History uh, the with supermodels. I, <laughs> I know, right? Uh, very humble for yourself. I'll give you those two. I, I I'm being modest. What can that's I? That's right. <laughs> So the other third, the third story in the NFL that's uh, that happened this week was the Brian Flores lawsuit. It came out on Tuesday, late. Uh, let's say later in the afternoon on Tuesday, where he has this lawsuit against, I think the was it the NFL, the Broncos, the Giants, and the Dolphins. It's a crazy story, and, it's, and I kind of want things to calm down before I kind of gave my my analysis on it. But um, guys, I'm going to throw over to you first. What's your what's your take on this? on this uh on this lawsuit and does brian flores have a case or is it something else yeah first of all credit to marcel louis jacques i know he was the one for espn who put that out there for the first time and he detailed it and put the 58 page lawsuit out there i'm gonna stay away from like the legal stuff i don't know if either one of you are esquire mccarthy or esquire parker and we could get into legal stuff i'm just gonna pass on that no i work in health insurance are you kidding me i would never i teach teach middle school history there you go good 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 so you know from the details that marcel put in the article it looks like brian flores said hey this is easy because I have it all in front of me. I, I like to use the phrase, and I think it's true. If you've got the truth on your side, you've got no reason to hide. And that's what Flores felt like. Hey, I know what happened. This is the truth. Yeah, I'm going to put my career on the line because it's the truth, and this is what happened. We all knew once this came out, and we've seen it now for the Giants and the Broncos, that they're trying to drag Flores through the mud and everything else. Thinking about this now for a few days, I still respect what Brian Flores is trying to do because this could potentially be a – not just football shaving, uh, football changing lawsuit, 
but a sports changing lawsuit and how we view everything for the future. Here's the two, I think, problems he's going to run into. There's talks that he wants other coaches to join in on this lawsuit. Who are those coaches? Is it going to be white coaches who might say, look, I'm trying to get another job, man. Like, I can't sue the NFL. Is it going to be fellow black coaches who might say, man, I want a job too? Like, what? I don't know who's going to join him in this lawsuit. And the second part of it is, let's let's understand what he's trying to do. He's trying to end sus- uh, what institutional racism in sports. Systemic institutional racism, right? Right. I mean that that is on to, to try to do that by yourself is a, a Everest bigger than Everest. So I admire his courage of what he's trying to do, but I don't know if he, he even understands the magnitude of what mountain he's trying to climb here over the next few ah. years. Likely the next few years. All right, Parker, what's your what's your take on the Flores lawsuit? Yeah, I think there's a number of different directions this gets interesting, right? So the first direction is that it's a class action lawsuit. And while I guess the judge will have to decide if it's the kind you opt out of or the kind you'd opt into, that like think about the way like your your cell phone, you'll get an email saying, Hey, ATT, you know, you're eligible for this because someone sued ATT and they found or whatever. Like, like theoretically. And you want to get a buck fifty out of it, right? <laughs> and it day. could become the kind of class action that people opt out of versus opting into. Um, opting into would, like God's mentioned, put, a lot of guys like putting their own careers on the line as well, much like mm-hmm. Flores did. Opting out of, I guess, technically, maybe they would as well because the expectation would be, that, you know, we hope you opt out of that or, or whatever. But I guess that remains to be seen. It looks like they had enough evidence and discovery to kind of take this to the, the, the level of being a lawsuit. And on, honestly, I think what's interesting is that if you'd asked me a week ago, if the NFL had a hiring problem with minority coaches, I'd have said, yes. If you'd asked me a, a year ago, four years ago, 10 years, I'd probably have said yes. Right. Like this is, this is just a quiet part out loud. As far as finding out something about the NFL, the deal is, is that he feels like he has the evidence to do it now, whether it's the Bill Belichick text, text messages or whatever the case may be there. And I think that, that's all interesting because proving it is a whole separate ordeal. Now, what actual change comes out of this? I, I don't know. Um, I will say that like Kurt Flood in the 70s sued for the right to be a free agent in baseball, lost. And then five or six late years later, you had free agency, right? So like theoretically, he doesn't have to win to begin change. It might hurt his pocketbook, but you don't have to win to create social change later. Uh, I, I also think that the part that gets glossed over is the wrong phrase here, but the intentional tanking thing for a league that's trying to get into gambling money is something I've been on Twitter pushing that like that, that is potentially the bigger legal case here is that Steven Ross as NFL's 32 owners are trying to push gambling and football and trying to get that money is also shaving points or, or trying to dictate the outcomes of games in a negative way. Um, that that could be really, really problematic for a league that, again, is trying to get in bed with DraftKings, is trying to get in bed with my bookie, is trying to get in like all those different things. Like All of a sudden, I'm like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You're intentionally throwing games. You're trying to pay the coaches to throw games. It looks like Hugh Jackson's come out uh, on social media and said that he was also paid to throw games or offered being paid to throw games or something to that effect. Uh, that may be the place where Stephen Ross gets the ax and you actually see change here, uh, like immediate change in, in the court of law here. Um, I 
I don't know how macro you want to go with this. Part of this is that owners are billionaires and billionaires are not a very diverse class in the United States. And you hire people you're comfortable with. Like, like, like there's a lot of layers to that as well. Um, I, I will say that I don't think he has to win to have a better world in five or six years, but I, I also don't know if he wins, you know, I, I've kind of got to take a different take than probably what you've, both have probably heard I, on sports radio, whether you listen to ESPN or Fox or whoever you listen to or different podcasts like F and sports or love Act and guys or guys on the go. <laughs> but I feel like my take on this is one of two things is, 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 is correct and or could be correct. A Stephen Ross is a horrible owner because I'm looking at the list of Miami Dolphins head coaches over the last four years. So last four years, Brian Flores, 24 and 25. Adam Gase, 23 and 25. Yes, there's that name again. Uh, Joe Philbin, 24 and 28. Dan Campbell took over for him for the last 12 games of the 2015 season. He went five and seven. Not too bad. Tony Sperano, 29-32. Todd Bowles filled in for him for three games in 2011, finished two and one. Hey, great for him. So one of two things is, I mean, both of these things could be right. I could be also be wrong. A, Stephen Ross is a terrible owner who is just very, very impatient and fires coaches on a whim, even when they're doing okay in terms of record. And B, it, it just seems like, for me, it just seems like Flores's lawsuit has, it, it kind of seems like it is an axe to grind. Now, if he can re- promote, prevent, if he can bring up the receipts from Ross saying, yeah, I offered him $100,000 to tank. To, to purposely lose every game. And yeah, I, there was a, there was a meeting on a boat with Deshaun Watson who Flores reportedly did not want on his team or was it, or did he want on his team? I can't remember which it was. It was like wanted and then he got in trouble and didn't want. And it, it kind of depends on the report. I think the deal though, is that at whatever point this boat meeting may have happened, regardless of who wanted it, they were coercing Flores to show up when it was blatant mm-hmm. tampering. Right, they were asking okay. him to break the rules. I've heard reports okay. that it wasn't Watson; it was Tom Brady, for real. Well, right? it was a quarterback under contract, yeah. and the extrapolation has been a number of. I've seen Watson most often, but okay. So either way, it, it yeah, it's it's definitely definitely wrong if it's if it's if tamp- if tampering can be can be proven if there's some sort of proof, whether it be from a video, like hard evidence, like hard evidence, like the text messages that Bill Belichick. My God, man learn how to phone so but bill belichick said oh i sent the message to the wrong brian sorry guys um but i think his I, i'm not sure i, I wouldn't have to think that his deal his deal was in the anger with so much the teams but i think it has to do with greer with chris greer gm of the dolphins who fired him they did not get along reportedly they did not get along and apparently greer played the politics game better than flores and that's what forced Ross's hand and firing Flores. And from all accounts, Flores was pretty liked as a coach in that locker room. Would is that is that what you guys hear? That that's the only thing I've seen is that people that he players liked him. Um even, you know, as far back as Fitzpatrick and and those kinds of things. I it's just an interesting 
It, like, it makes every decision the Dolphins have made the last three years. You could even go to the end of Adam Gase. I mean, you're going to look last, you know, closer to six years. It, it makes each one, like, a little bit more like, oh, huh. Like, wonder what, what was going on. Like, when they were, like, pulling in Ryan Fitzpatrick as, like, more or less like a closer. Right? right? Remember, like, like it was like, that's weird. But, yeah. like, were they telling him to play Tua? And he was like, screw it. We got to win the game. Like, like, you know, what was going on? Yeah. You know, um, it, it, it makes all of them a little weirder. It certainly makes a couple years back when – they were blatantly trying to tank and trade away all his good players and make that pretty clear, right? Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18+. plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. And the weirdest part about that, right? They're tanking for Tua, and they didn't tank well enough, but still got Tua. <laughs> but if they actually pulled <laughs> off the tank, they would have gotten Joe Burrow, and how different our conversation would be right now. You know, like there's right. so many. It'll be the like Dolphins in the Super Bowl, not the Bengals. Story. So awesome. many layers, especially because theoretically yeah. you get Joe Burrow, you know, and they get uh another top pick that ends up leading to Jalen Waddle the next you know a year later and and or, I, I don't know I, I just I <laughs> I look at this from a number of different ways and it's like I, obviously the the idea that Stephen Ross is a bad owner is very central um I I think though that there is something to be said about whether or not it's it's worth anything in the court of law I again I'm a middle school history teacher um but asking a black coach to lose games for you will hurt them in getting the next job. And that's something that I think you can historically point to is like black coaches have a hard time getting a second job, right? Like we just saw David Coley fall in the knife here in Houston, right? Like he got a year, he got a bunch of money, but like who's ever going to hire David Coley to be a head coach again? Right? Like, like what of his resume looks like that guy can be a head coach. And hey, I don't know if Hugh David Coley Jackson, has asked to. Hugh right? Jackson got hired as a head coach at Grambling. Right. Well, I meant as an NFL head coach. Yeah, but yeah. As an yeah. NFL head coach, I mean, Todd Bowles is in consideration for a job, I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I would also argue that he wasn't tanking in the same way. I, anyway, I, I think that asking guys to take a bunch of L's does directly impact their longevity as a head coach in the NFL, especially when it's, you know, a, a, a winner's profession. There are only 32 of those jobs. And whether or not you can say all of those, you know, everyone being asked to do that is black. I, I don't know if you can quite get that far because frankly, there aren't a lot of black head coaches. <laughs> so it, it can't, it clearly can't be that only because there aren't a lot of them in the first place. It, 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 well, this kind of leads into my next question. And I don't know if I don't know what your answer, your take is. And it says, do we, do we just totally kill the Rudy role altogether? Because it, I just feel like, like, like the coaching jobs for a guy who someone who is black, it, it just feels like they're just trying to just, fulfill a requirement and not doing it on the basis of hey here's my resume you know i i want this job uh i feel i just for me it just feels like you're just trying to just 
fulfill a requirement and you're actually considering him as an actual you're not being serious as a as a as a consideration for head coach do you think we need to just kill the re-roll altogether or is this still or do we still have to keep it in play i believe you still have to keep it in play you could add to the rule now i look here, here's the problem, right? What's happened is the NFL's insulted the rule. That's what it is. I keep thinking of comparisons in my head, and these aren't great comparisons when we're talking about tough issues, but I'm thinking about, like, right, my son's a year and a half, and if he didn't eat vegetables, I'd have to be like, well, he's not eating vegetables, so I guess we're just going to have to cut those out because he's not doing it. Like, he's not trusting <laughs> the process. Like, no, like, no, no, no. You have to. Like, this is this makes you better. This is what's supposed to happen for the league. We need progress. We need just because, It was like conditioning in sports, too, like, Look, I don't know if everyone really likes doing conditioning, so I think we're gonna have to cut it out of practice. No, you can't do that either. Like, this is supposed to be. Guys, you know I don't have no hair. How dare you ask if I need to condition? Right. Like you know, what I mean? like, <laughs> that, that's that's not the right answer to do it that way. That just because right. someone's not doing it the right way, you get to not do it anymore. That just can't work like that. The the craziest thing here too is that it's. I would agree that you probably need to add to it before you take it away. Um, I, I think this, the wildest bit of this is that the teams with diverse staffs win, right? Like, like what, uh, you're a Buccaneers guy. Like, look at their coaching staff, right? Like, up and down, women, black, brown, up and down, the whole thing. Yes, Arians is at the top, but they've got a diverse coaching staff, and they win. Look at the Rams right now, right? Look at the Niners, right? Like, like diverse coaching staffs win, and – hiring your buddy or hiring someone that walks in the room and makes you feel comfortable or whatever, like that is leading to, you know, that is leading to teams like the Cowboys with a bunch of talent that can't figure out the coaching situation, right? Like, like what has Mike McCarthy done well in that city? Right. Um, no I, relation. <laughs> important distinction these days he's, he's, Pennsylvania, he's Pennsylvania McCarthy I'm Jersey McCarthy just to, to, to distinguish that. <laughs> there's no crossover um no crossover no, at all <laughs> I, I just think that it's interesting that like the long-term impact that we're trying to have is hire the best bleeping person available we're trying to make sure you look at everyone available and it, it's wild that clearly the you know the Giants didn't they'd already made their decision before interviewing everyone like like mm-hmm. uh, it, it, they're just asking to make sure you give everyone a fair chance to really get the best person available and that's too much for some teams I, it's wild it's wild yeah it's it's a crazy time in the nfl i i mean another way to look at it is the millionaire trying to sue a billionaire kind of like what's happening in major league baseball it's 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 weird because because flores is going to get paid regardless he's going to get paid the last two years of his contract because most contracts for coaching are five years. He's getting paid the last two years. So I, admit, I mean, I mean, I'm interested to see what happens from here, uh, but we're going to move on and we're going to move over to the NBA. Now, just want to give a, li- a little bit of a line of delineation here and basketball in general. I don't really watch basketball anymore. I kind of stopped watching after Michael Jordan retired for the Second time, not the third time, the second time around. <laughs> Just want to keep that clear. The 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 last dance was probably one of the best documentaries ever. And I watching that series made me reminisce about me watching basketball in those days and seeing the Jordan years and how how awesome those teams were. And kind of giving the backstory of it. I've kind of I, I've kind of gotten away from it. Um, I've also broken my ankle playing basketball. Is kind of also kind of why I stopped playing basketball. But Parker, you're a big basketball guy. Guys, I know you're a big Syracuse fan. Being from the Syracuse area, 
what's it going to take for me to get back into basketball? Because whatever I watch, ba- whatever I sit down and watch basketball, whether I'm at my local watering hole or just kind of pass by on TV, it's like a glorified YMCA game. Everybody's calling their own fouls and nobody's playing defense. So what, Parker, I'm going to start with you because I know you're, you're a big basketball fan. You cover the Houston Rockets for bellyupsports.com. What do you think I need to do to kind of get back into that basketball, that feeling of watching, wanting to watch basketball again? Well, I don't know if it fixes the you know defense across the league or call their own fouls aspect or, or whatnot, what have you. Uh, <laughs> go watch John Morant play basketball. <laughs> like, like, like he is, he is crazy exciting. He's jumping over the top of everyone, taking no prisoners. Uh, Memphis is a small market team. It's as small a market as there is in the NBA, really. Um, and it's really it's not a super team. It's a bunch of guys they drafted the last four or five years. Uh, See, they made some trades about, along the way. That's another thing about the NBA, too, is that I don't, I'm not a big fan of the super teams. I don't like them killing their future just to win now. I mean, I get well, it, and, but also and Memphis just, again. Memphis is really not that group, um, and they yeah, they don't have a bunch of big star acquisitions they pulled in through free agency or trades. It's the John Morant show, and they've got some gritty guys around him. Uh, you know, Desmond Bain and Jaron Jackson Jr. A lot of fun too. But just watching this, you know, acrobat with braids flying everywhere, going through the air. John Morant's a lot of fun. Uh, the other team I would point out for a guy like yourself that's maybe trying to look for more of a 90s vibe of basketball or a, not, a team that doesn't feel super team-ish would be obviously Milwaukee and Phoenix uh, from last year's NBA Finals. Um, Phoenix did go get Chris Paul, and so I guess that you know that would be a fair criticism on like the non-super team I'm, I'm thing. I'm a big CP. I, you know, even though I watch basketball, I, I do like CP3. He's, he's a good he, guy. I, I feel like he's, he's, a, he's a guy to watch. He's got some old on his offense side of his game. He's got some old schoolness in there. He likes the mid range jump shot. He's a big mm-hmm. assist first guy. Uh, Devin Booker is a bunch of fun to two guard. Um, you know, they, they other, other than Chris Paul have a very drafted uproots kind of team. Obviously, the Milwaukee story. Uh, go read the book, My Marin Fader, about uh, Giannis and his upbringing and those kind of things. But that's a hard story not to root for. Um, you're a New Yorker. I I, I want to sell you in the Knicks, but they're not quite having the year I thought they were. Um, no, because because Jimmy because Jimmy Dolan, and I'll get into that after <laughs> I, I ask. I, I will say I that um, the last year was certainly fun for the Knicks. Um, I, I'm not going to try and sell you in the Nets because if you don't like modern basketball, I imagine you don't like the idea of a super team in Brooklyn. Although maybe watching them lose lately feels more fun. Um, but though, <laughs> the Memphis, Milwaukee, Phoenix, the small markets are kind of running things right now. Uh, you could even go to Utah. You could even go to Denver with it. Uh, those are those are teams I'd really point to as a fun, fun, fun bunch of watches. All right, guys, over to you. Same question. There's a part of me that just wants to make stuff up to see if you could like actually are watching basketball. Like Ryan, they actually have trampolines on the court now, so guys are jump, jumping off trampolines and dunking. No, I've, I've, I've seen that. I've seen that once, and I saw a guy's leg break after the after that. Was not that series on Spike TV? Or yes, something that's like right. That? Well, jump ball or round day. ball or something. Yeah. yeah. The mascots now play in the third quarter. They let fans take shots in the fourth from the crowds. Basketball is incredible now, Ryan. You don't know. Now, see, I would watch that. I would watch the mascots play basketball any day. (laughs) Uh, A little bit off of Parker's answer, more generic, more cliche of it's the greatest three-point shooters in the history of the sport are now playing in the NBA because of the evolution of Steph Curry, what he's done to the sport, and the greatest athletes ever in the history of the sport are playing. Never in the history of the sport have seven-footers been able to dribble, dunk, shoot, bring the ball up the court, 
that's happening in the NBA. Same on shooters. Everybody on the court can shoot three-pointers. Unfortunately, the days you grew up of Olajuwon and Kevin McHale and Shaq getting in the post, making a move, that doesn't even happen. Sometimes I marvel at what Shaq would be as a player now in the NBA, even though Giannis and Shaq's stats are pretty similar. So that's like what I'm telling you Every single time he's on the court trying to get a dunk. Like yeah. fouls. <laughs> that's that's what I'd sell you on basketball now, just a more generic answer of it's the greatest shooters that have ever lived playing, the greatest athletes that have ever lived, and you can take a half-court shot from the crowd during the game, if you believe that or not. <laughs> well, I know I know for one that we have a we have a uh, a local high school graduate in our area in, in the uh Capital District area who plays for the Atlanta Hawks. That'll be Kevin Herter. He's from the area, he's a Shen graduate, as is uh as is uh, Ian Anderson, too, uh, World Series champion, I might add, Ian Anderson. So, but you have to check it out. Yeah, you know, I'll, I'll definitely have to like take a look at the uh, NBA side, <clears throat> see what teams I like, and I'll tell you why I don't like the Knicks because Jimmy Dolan. <laughs> that's why I'm not a Knicks fan. He blocked the development of Westside Stadium back in the 2000s when the Jets could have had their own stadium. It comes back to the Jets. <laughs> the Jets could have had their own stadium, but Jimmy Dolan blocked it because he feared that MSG. Uh, it wouldn't get the co- uh, the concert revenues from uh, from uh, MSG or or uh, Radio City Music Hall anymore. And that's why I don't like Jimmy Dolan. I will never root for the Rangers. I will never root for the New York Knicks. There you have it. <laughs> so that makes you're an you're an Islanders guy. Obviously, Brooklyn moved to New York fairly recently. No, <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a New Jersey Devils. I'm a New Jersey, Jersey Devils guy. I'm, oh, you I'm just left Devils the city fan. entirely. What I was going to ask is that the Brooklyn Nets obviously joined after you had sworn off of basketball well, folks well, like yourself were is, there any other new york team people jump to any other northeast anything well funny thing is that as i actually i was a new jersey nuts fan like when i started watching but when i was watching basketball too drazen petrovic rest may may he rest in peace was one of my favorite players to watch he was so fun to watch and unfortunately he left us too soon um uh, in the northeast uh, i would say probably boston the celtics but I don't root for Boston teams. I have <laughs> Here's what I would not advise, Ryan. If you haven't been following the Nets, just don't Google Kyrie Irving. Just don't even put that name on social. You're going to go down some wormholes. Oh, no. oh, yeah. just, just avoid the whole Google idea of that one. Oh, I'm familiar with his uh, his stance on the uh, flat earth. That's I'm, I'm well familiar with that. I hear too much of that. <laughs> All right. So our last segment, I think you kind of make two segments. we got plenty of time left. So, um, I'm an NHL guy. I'm a hockey dude. So I watch a lot of hockey, as you as you guys w- well know. Parker, I've been on FN Sports. I've talked about the Stanley Cup playoffs last year. Uh, last year, a couple of times I was on your pod. Uh, guys, we've talked about it loosely. We have a, we have a local professional team in the area, uh, in the ECHL. Um, but do you have any questions for me in regards to the NHL? Because All-Star Weekend is coming up uh, as we record today. The, the skills competitions tonight on ESPN and tomorrow is the actual all-star game. Where we'll have three on three hockey, which is awesome. Uh, do you have any questions for me regarding hockey, how I can get you guys more enthusiastic about hockey? Cause you guys who helped me out trying to get more enthusiastic about basketball. I want to know how I can help you be more enthusiastic about hockey. Par- Go ahead, Parker. Well, I was going to ask guys, are you a hockey fan? Here's what I say about hockey. I truly believe in person, like, if you go to a hockey game in person, it's the greatest sport to watch in person. I love football, basketball, baseball, but there is something about the boards. Maybe it's the cheap beer. Maybe it's the quick. I love going to hockey games, but for whatever reason, both 
television and radio, the action when you're there does not translate. And I don't know why. Like, I don't know why over 30 years going to a hockey game is far better than watching it. So uh, I would say I'm a casual hockey fan to that question. You did intern for the Syracuse Crunch. Uh, do you intern for the Syracuse Crunch? I actually used to you make the radio station? gear. I used to make the gear for the Crunch and the Comets, yeah. so they were one of my accounts, my first job out of college, yeah. <laughs> yeah, the Syracuse Crunch, who were the Timba Bay Lightnings uh, affiliate, Stanley Cup champions the last two years. So uh, so guys knows a little bit about, a little bit about that. You, you were there when John Cooper was there, right? I was, yes. Yeah, yeah. All right, Parker, what you got? My here's my big question. Um, You know, obviously, Ryan, you're a local sports person. Guys, you mentioned going to sports to these games in person as being a big sell on hockey. Um, There continue to be rumors that Houston's going to get a team for whatever reason. Being like having our own team would I feel like drive me into it way, way more like college basketball. You know, I'm kind of in it as much as Texas is. My parents went to Texas. I have this whole spiel I do about like if it weren't for that school, I wouldn't have been born or whatever. Right. Um, my <laughs> my deal is Houston really potentially going to get this Arizona or Phoenix team or are we going to get some? Are we in the run for an expansion? Like I do think that having like something with an H on it, like that's us. Like I think that would pull me in a little bit more as it stands. Um, I don't know. I mean, I mean, the, with the, 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 the Phoenix Coyote, oh, sorry, Arizona Coyotes saga is just the never ending saga. That is just, that just doesn't end. This is Gary Bettman's wild. This is, this is Gary Bettman's white whale. <laughs> this is, this is his Moby Dick and that he can't seem to find ownership that will stick in that area. He's tried, I think four, it's the fourth different ownership. And I guess the guy who he has in there now is loaded with cash. He's he's flush with cash, uh, as they as uh, John Ralphio said in uh, Parks and Recreation. He's flush with cash, but it just and there and there are fans down there. I, I've confirmed that there are fan, hockey fans down there who can support a team. It's just that ownership is just it's just it's just it's never static. It's always it's always flowing. So it's tough to get the right people in there to get the game promoted. The only way I see the Coyotes staying is if Austin Matthews, who's from the the Phoenix area, who currently plays in Toronto, if he decides to test the free agent market in a couple years and he goes back home to Arizona, that's the only way I see the Coyotes going any uh, staying in Arizona. Uh, Right now they're they're There's rumors that they're going to have a lease to play at Arizona States. Yes. Arizona State University has a Division I hockey team. Their seat, their arena is only 55, seats only 5,500, and they're trying to get an arena built in the Tempe area. That's going to include uh, another another practice rink and shops in the area with a big arena as it's, uh, as it's, uh, I guess, I guess you say it's uh, um, main post for driving people in. But if they can't secure an arena deal and they can't, find a way to draw more fans in, draw more interest in, we get an Austin Matthews. I think they head out of, of Arizona in the next, I think three to five years. And I think Houston would definitely be one of those areas that Gary Bettman looks at because you have a, a, a billionaire owner who already owns an NBA team, but I feel it could probably put people in who could run PR and I I presume with the arrows being there in the IHL and the AHL for so many years before they before the ownership group moved it up to to uh to Iowa 
I mean, is there is there clamoring for hockey in Houston right now, Parker? There are people that are NHL fans that want mm. to bring a team in. I don't know how big it is outside of that uh, cult, for lack of a better word. I, I, what I will say, though, is that <laughs> it, there's already a team in Dallas and yeah. in sports that play each other. I say that because the Texans and Cowboys are really not in the same conference, so it's a little different. But like the Rangers and Astros, the Rockets and Mavs, there is a real rivalry there, right? And I don't think you'd have to like fake that at all. I, I don't know if Arizona would, you know, come and be any good. I'm not a big hockey guy, right? Um, I guess my question is really just more: Is it realistic? People in Houston think that there's a chance. Is it realistic, or are they going to yeah. go somewhere else? I mean, I know that there's think, a number of I different because there are I a number of different real- markets that are north of the Mason-Dixon line, frankly, right? That like yeah. watch hockey more. Yeah, I think it's realistic. Um, Bettman says they have no that NHL has no plans to expand past the 32 teams they have right now. They just added Seattle for this year. The crack Gaza is cracking, uh, Seattle cracking. <laughs> um, but I think if if Arizona doesn't relocate, or the Coyotes don't relocate. And by the way, the Houston Coyotes is just a it's an outstanding name. I don't know how much I don't, I don't know the population of Coyotes there are in Houston, but if uh, the Houston Coyotes, that would be a nice sounding name. But there are other markets out there like Kansas City and Quebec. After the Nordiques move, they're looking for a team to come in. Kansas City has an arena that does not have pro sports teams right now. The Sprint, well, now the T-Mobile Center used to be called the Sprint Center. It was a relatively new, uh, relatively new arena back in the early 2000s, but it's vacant. It's got no, it's got no professional presence. So I can see a Kansas City getting a team, uh, but. If but if 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 there was no relocation for the Coyotes, I could see probably within the next decade or two, the NHL expanding again. I think Houston would definitely be included because it's what the, the fourth or fifth biggest market in the United States. You don't have an NHL team there. Come on, it's great. It's I, a great. It's a great place to put a team. Ryan, I do have a question for you. I just want to respond to Parker though because I think for you know, like you mentioned, it's it's probably a smaller group of fans that might be hockey fans in Houston. Remember this. Some of the more recent markets that have been added to the NHL, cities that I'll call active, right? Two, two of them off the top of my head where you might want to go to party any weekend is Las Vegas and Nashville. Think about that. Like, there are so many sure. options in Las Vegas, and they have a true following for the Golden Knights. You can yeah. go to the Bachelorette party capital of the world if you're a single guy and found somebody. Watch country music and look at beautiful women, but they said, no, no, no. I need to go to a hockey game. I'm in Las Vegas, a desert. Chicks dig hockey, man. Ice. Chicks dig hockey. <laughs> That's right. I got to find ice in Vegas. But it works because there's so much pride in those cities that this is our team. Like you mentioned the H on it. Like, yes, I think fans would embrace it if it came to Houston because we've seen other markets have that. Uh, speaking about Vegas, this is my question for you, Ryan. I feel like the NHL this weekend can do something different than other sports. We're in this weird spot where uh, people don't care as much maybe than ever before about the Pro Bowl. The NBA All-Star game is like a 200-point game. Uh, baseball's All-Star game. I'm waiting for that 200 it's... spot. <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, you could argue baseball's All-Star game means far less because they took the home field advantage out. Whether or not they should have, that's a whole different debate. But we're seeing the, like, the, the watered-down process of All-Star games over the last five years. What mm. do you think if they never remove it from Vegas? Like, if this is a huge success, and I've seen some of this stuff on the internet where they're going to do these events and how they're going to, mm. like, make the uh what's it called the strip in vegas a part of this what do you make of the nhl potentially being the first professional sports league to say you know what every all-star weekend's vegas because they can do it better than anybody else and we're going to make it the best of any pro sporting event 
well don't forget back in the day like when you guys were little little itty bitties and i was a little bit more of an itty bigger a bigger itty bitty the any the nfl after every super bowl the week after every super bowl pro bowl was in hawaii so they made that a thing after because it was after this because it was after the super bowl you could have every you could have your your biggest and brightest stars regardless of whether or not they went to the super bowl that year come out and play i would not see i would i wouldn't see i I think it would be a bad idea to have the nhl have vegas as a static location for their all-star game every year it's not a bad idea next year's all-star game will be in sunrise uh, florida where the florida panthers play and and florida panthers for as many years as they were out of hockey it just being just being a, a really lousy hockey team they're I think they're number one in the league this year. So having it in warm weather locations would be, would be great. But yeah, no, I could definitely see Vegas being a, a one-time location for the NHL all-star game every year. You had the competition, you had the skills competition on Fridays, you the all-star game on Saturdays, a big help for the NHL with the all-star game this year though, is back on, it's back on ESPN. That's a huge thing for the NHL having the, the worldwide leader in sports present, presence there promoting bringing your biggest stars to light uh, i know for my new jersey devils it's jack hughes uh, he was profiled a couple weeks ago on one of their uh, programs on espn2 in an interview with emily kaplan but you have your biggest and brightest stars and tom wilson uh, this weekend being uh being part of the nhl all-star game uh, but i think i think having this the lights and the, sh- the shining stars being in Vegas and the lights on them and have them the, centra- the central location. Now, you got to remember, Vegas brought the Raiders to, to the, Ve- the, the Golden Knights brought the Vegas that brought the Raiders to Vegas. Wasn't the other way around. It was, I think, I think what Vegas seeing what the Vegas Golden Knights could do, the Raiders said, Oh, we could do that in Vegas. We'll build a stadium there. We'll, we'll have we'll get people in the crowd there. So, yeah, I could see Vegas as a, potentially just a one-stop shop for NHL all-star game every single year. All right. One more question for you guys. Are any of you guys paying attention to the Olympics? (laughs) I honestly, I I gotta be, I gotta be Frank. And I'm a guy that I feel like follows sports. Well, you can be, you can be Parker, but yes, absolutely. (laughs) (laughs) I'm a guy that I thought followed sports. The first day it was on, I was like, oh, crap, that started today. <laughs> I, just complete, I was like, oh, 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 yeah, like, that started today. Good. Like I, in my, like, I mentally knew it was a February thing. I just like, I was like, oh, oh, yeah. Uh, amongst everything else happening right now, that's going on. Yeah. My, my wife loves the Olympics. Her sisters love the Olympics. She asked me, she yeah. goes, when the Olympics start? I'm like, oh, they start next Friday. And I looked at like, oh, no, 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 they start Monday. I'm like, like Parker said, oh, they started today? I'm like. We can watch the opening <laughs> ceremony. And I'm just like, I'm with it on when it starts and everything else. I get it. The Winter Olympics are more popular American-centric sports than we're used to. I also think, like, overall for the Olympics, because of technology, it's stranger than ever before. Because information travels, spoilers, and everything. Doesn't it feel weirder because of the delay? Because, like, we can find I- out who won, but then watch it on replay. Yeah, I-, I think part of it being on the other side of the world for for the second time uh, in the last two Olympics, I, I, the last ones in last Winter Olympics were in Pyeongchang in uh, Korea, and this time it's in Beijing. Having on the other side of the world, and I just like I, I just can't I can't stay up late. I know it's on replay, but I just can't stay up late. And plus, the NHL's not in it in the hockey competition. And personally, I think ice hockey should be moved from 
the winter to the, to the summer games, and I have reasons for that. I won't get into it, but know, I'm not not into it this time around. Just don't just you know, and no and no crowds again either. No crowds in the last because Olympics in Tokyo didn't have crowds. Olympics in Beijing won't have crowds either. It, it's so weird, Ryan, because like right, like the TV shows, like post COVID especially. Ask your friends, ask your family members, how many people actually watch a non-sporting event live? Like, you probably are watching Chits Creek, Ted Lasso, the, whatever. You're watching it on replay. Like, almost everything you watch except live sports. And now when the live sports are on live, you're like, I mean, it's not live. Why would I watch? You know what I mean? Like, I think every sports fan's mindset is kind of like that. Like, can I just watch it when I want on my phone? Yeah, it's on weird the future of the yeah. Olympics because of we're that. The, this is this is the on this is the we're raising a, a the sports fan who's wants their sports on demand. This is the weirdest part of like of like of of being in this time in this time frame. In this well, and time. There, there's something to be said too about like bluntly a bunch of stuff that I don't watch except for once every four years. Um, when I know what happens at the end of it, like y'all are saying. Then I watch it probably even less. Whereas, like before, yeah. when I watched it once every four years, the fun was figuring out what happened at the end. Uh, it's just not the same. And and I'm not saying that like it's any. Le- I mean, obviously, it's as it's as athletic as it's ever been. Sports don't get less athletic over time, <laughs> right? Uh, I just right. I, I'm sitting here watching, you know, different forms of skiing, and I'm like, but I I saw this on Twitter. I saw the clip. <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, you know what, right? I, I gotta have one other thing to this. Is it? Are we just too American? And what I mean by that is that some of the most popular sports, we really don't think about this, but like the most popular sports Americans watch are the ones we're good at. You know, like we love basketball because of the dream team. We love swimming got popular because of Michael Phelps. Like we like sports we're good at and rightfully so. Like we want to root on our country to win. There's nothing wrong with that. I wonder if we just need some crazy dominant American athlete because even in like the downhill skiing, um, my goodness, you had like Bodie Miller and you had Lindsey Vaughn but they either choked or got hurt. So it's like, we, can we get like a dominant winner American athlete that might help the view, viewership too? Maybe that's the issue. All right. Well, that's our mission for next time, guys. We got we to find a, a winter Olymp or any kind of, any kind of Olympic, Olympic game that we're not good at and be dominant. Yeah, we'll coach them. We'll coach them up. We'll coach them yes. up. All three, the three of us. All right. So that's going to end friends with Ryan. First, I'm going to give the floor to Parker you had the you had the next uh, couple seconds to promote your stuff, Parker. Where can we find you? Where can we find your podcast? Yeah, on all social media, I'm at Painsworth five one two. That's P A I N S W R T five one two. This the show F and Sports on Instagram at F, F underscore N underscore Sports and on Twitter at F and Sports two. It's a biweekly show where we talk about sports and grade theses and stuff like that. Because again, I am a teacher. Check us out sometimes. Fun show. Fun show. That it is. I've been on a couple times. It's a great show. All right, guys. Where can people find you? What are you doing? I know. I know. I know. I know some of the titles you have with uh, Godzilla Media, but go right ahead. What's your? Uh, where can people find you? Uh, any kind of things you're doing? Yeah, I'm gonna shoot Parker the follow right after this now on Twitter too. At Tom T O M G O Z Z on Twitter. Check out Godzilla Media if you can. Super Bowl is just around the corner. We launch our virtual radio row show starting on Saturday yeah. and throughout leading up to it. No credentials required and others will be having some big guests across the NFL, pro football players, athletes, celebrities, and more. Our full virtual radio row week starts Saturday when we broadcast live from Hooters all the way up until kickoff of Super Bowl 56. Awesome. All right, guys. Thanks for being a part of Friends with Ryan. We'll be back in just a moment. You're listening to No Credentials Required. 
And again, I want to thank my guests, Parker Ainsworth and Gaz, for being a part of episode 62 with me. Thanks for joining in on the discussion. Before we get into the episode, I just want to tell you about one of our friends at Godzilla Media. Speaking of Godzilla Media, I just want to talk about one of our partners, which is Mohawk Honda. It's a new year with new goals. Start your year right behind the wheel of a new or pre-owned vehicle that fits your budget and your New Year's resolutions. Stop into Mohawk Honda and check out our broad selection of pre-owned inventory. We are here to find the right make, model, and price point to fit your budget. Our goal is to help you meet your goals. Let Louis the VIP man Morales, Jake Hot Sauce Doyle, Cars with Kern Swoboda, or Mark from Clinton Park Ellis Jr. connect you with the perfect deal. And now is the perfect time to get top dollar for your trade-in with the Kelly Blue Book Instant Cash offer. Same day check in your hand, the day you trade in your vehicle. Just ask for Brian Buy with BMAC McKenna, Mike Bennis, Nicole Oser, or Cam Let's Do a Deal McKenna. Again, all of our sales and leasing consultants will make your New Year's automotive goals their top priority. You can also see my guy, Easy Evans Whalen. Start the new year right with just the right deal at Mohawk Honda in Glenville, where they always go out of their way to please you. And before we close this episode, again, just want to remind you about our social channels on Twitter at BellyUpNCR and Instagram, BellyUpNCR, Facebook.com forward slash BellyUpSportsNCR, and on YouTube, just search for No Credentials Required. Also, go to our Bonfire store if you want to support us in the, on the on the podcast side, let the people know what you're listening to. Go to bonfire.com, do a search for no credentials required, and buy a shirt. We've got a couple t-shirts on for sale. we got a hoodie because it's cold outside. We even got some ladies' t-shirts too. And you can also support a pretty cool charity in No Shave November with our specially made t-shirts. I'm Mike McCarthy, and I am the host of No Credentials Required, where you don't need a press pass to talk sports. We'll talk to you next time. Courtesy of Joseph McDade. Check him out and support his music at patreon.com forward slash Joseph McDade. Be sure to rate, share, and subscribe on multiple podcast platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Spreaker. No credentials required as a Belly Up Sports Podcast Network production in association with Godzilla Media. Thank you for listening to this Belly Up Sports Podcast Network product. Some said we go belly up, so we made it our name. And we're still here. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary, void, or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.